All right. Um, so we've literally been prepping to have you on, Gabe, since like this beginning of our podcast, like April 2020, um, because there's just so many great stories that we have with you. Um, one of my favorites being just a few months, weeks ago, um, you know, we were catching up, had a nice FaceTime and you were like, yo, I was quite concerned. Like when I saw that you were a witch <laughs> or like something <laughs> along those lines. And I was like, oh, I don't know the story. Oh, I remember saying that. I was like, oh, and then you're like, but then upon further, I think you were looking at my um, birth account, Instagram, you were like, upon further, yeah, yeah. further investigation, I, re- I, I came to the conclusion that a witch is just someone who sources her power from inside herself. And I was like, yeah, you're popping yes. off. Gabe. Yes, it's literally Gabe. just a woman coming into her power. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Gabe, um, wow. Gold Gold Gabe. Like real witches, but they're also, they're also like, like in <laughs> the past, you know, in our patriarchal society back when like, oh. like oh, they pretty much get no say. They're like, oh yeah, this person like doesn't want to be married or doesn't want to like fit in within like patriarchal values. They're a witch. Yeah, you mm. were concerned about I'm my like, salvation. Oh. You said, yeah, women oh, yeah, who get no that, say. That, that I was like, that's just my personal. <laughs> you were like, I'm concerned about your soul. I was like, same. Welcome to the Fifth Element, a podcast for people seeking intimate connection with their innermost self through holistic healing, cosmic consciousness, and radical rebirth. We hope each episode is an opportunity for listeners to join the collective journey towards intuition and integration. Women who get no say and or are burned at the stake. So, you know, poor witches historically. One of my favorite game stories is um, I have this vivid memory of... um, being outside the Charmery, one of our favorite ice cream places in the city of Baltimore. And I didn't know you really well, Gabe. I feel like it was like when we were starting like training because we all like worked together and you were just casually talking about how you were trying to put a um, like gift box together for your girlfriend to like send to her when she's on her period and you were including a recording well, of you singing know, Leona Lewis's Bleeding Love. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that at all. That is something that I don't remember at all. We have so that, many stories that I'm sure you don't I, I remember. So I mean, lest we forget the two of you opened up for T-Pain. That's true. That is, do you I remember think, that? Probably, I do remember that. that okay, was good. Probably, like, I think Gabe was the, the leading man of You're Okay with his original um, his original song, uh, Eighth eighth grade crush mm-hmm. is that what it's called middle school crush. middle school, school crush something, something like or grade school grade school, grade school crush, crush. Grade school yes, crush. Yes, yes. yeah that was initially i think that was a, a song the first song that i wrote ever in my life um, wow and that you i performed wrote, it for i wrote it originally um i wrote it originally for this girl i had a crush on but then i repurposed it to sort of have like more of like a narrative type thing mm. um it had the rap in it because she was like an Eminem fan. So I'm like, oh, like I should probably rap in this thing. So oh, he's but. versatile. He's adaptable. He is here with us today. 
we have a Gabe. Um, you know, we know each other from the good old days of our uh, alma mater, Go Hounds, um, Roll Hounds. I always say Go Hounds. I don't know why. I'm so disconnected from <laughs> my school spirit. Um, Gabe, do you want to introduce yourself to our listeners? We're so excited to have you. We've literally been truly so waiting exciting. a year. Yeah, awesome. So my name is Gabe Nacion. Um, I'm currently in Central Jersey. Um, who am I? I am. You seem so thrilled. A no, I'm just. Not, I was like, <laughs> I I totally forgot to like think about. Oh, like how should I like introduce myself? Like who who am, who am I? But like, um, Filipino, um, former acapella group. Uh, music director, mm. um, uh, just like a lifelong learner and just someone that's trying to figure out, just like, you know, everybody else that, or your your audience here is, you know, just someone that's just trying to continue to, to self-educate and continue to um, find ways to heal and to um, learn more about myself and to sort of, yeah, a lot of like, especially now, because I'm two years out of school now, which is really, or almost two years, which is really weird to think about. Um, it's sort of like a really, like, well now, like, you know, still being in my early twenties, you know, trying to figure out, um, yeah, what is my worldview and what is what are the things? And right now it's sort of, these are the times where we get to, you know, decide the people that we want to be for the rest of our lives, the habits that we want to create for ourselves, the things that we want to heal slash undo from the first like 20 years of our lives. Mm. Um, so yeah, just another yeah. person trying to figure it out. Just um, yeah, but a very good friend to both Keely and Emily. Truly true. Um, um, you were definitely, I, oh, go ahead, Keely. Go ahead. I was going to say you were definitely someone in, um, college that I feel like you were always trying to you were like trying out a new skill or you were like trying to teach yourself something or you were trying out a new like um like fitness routine or like food uh schedule I don't know the word diet I guess and I feel like you yeah you got that like lifelong always trying to just like keep on top of yourself and like make sure that you're continuing to like grow and expand and that's really the type of thing that we're trying to um encourage on the fifth element pod so thank you um for being here today yeah thank you guys yeah along those lines way past that. <laughs> <laughs> that's too along those lines i like heard you saying also you know and i have witnessed this obviously in person of yeah this like drive to like learn and grow and like you're just like a friend to everyone and just this really open heart but also like you have such clear and distinctive values I've like noticed about you and like such like close ties like with your family and with your communities back home and um like your faith and things like that and so I think that's such an interesting like and cool like balance that you have um that you're able to like hold of like yeah like I know where I came from I know it's important to me like I know who my people are but at the same time I want to like see as much and uh experience as much and know as many different people as I can to like integrate the two and so I think that's a really like admirable quality that you have 
Oh, thank you. Um, we're getting a lot of confidence today. I mean, I think <laughs> like um, a lot of that comes from, yeah. Um, and you kind of mentioned it, like my my upbringing. So I, I was raised, um, I was raised Catholic, but with the, the caveat that it's like, it's very much tied to, to culture for me. Um, I grew up, um, my parents and my whole family were a part of like this charismatic Catholic Filipino community that um, it's kind of like, yeah, very much my sort of faith and just general spirituality like is connected a lot to my Filipino community. And um, yeah, there's definitely like pros and cons to that sort of worldview. Um, but definitely like the pros have been just like a groundedness in um, family and community. Um, and just like having a just sort of framework, like a like an ethical framework for my life. Um, and like, as I've gotten older, I've definitely like also definitely experienced the cons of like that worldview as well. Um, like, um, well, also being like an immigrant and a first generation American, um, just kind of, um, um, you sort of get the, the pressure of like, you are here, you have a role to create um, a better opportunity for the generations like ahead of you. And that's like a lot of pressure to put on like a 14 year old or like however old I was where I discovered that like I have like, I don't know, I have all this pressure on me. Um, and um, yeah, I grew up a lot with like that kind of performance anxiety. That's I think also shaped a lot of my worldview as well. Um, and you know, trying to now it's sort of the point in my life where I have the opportunity to to heal from a lot of that as well and um, find opportunities for myself to um, yeah, to heal from that stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and also just like the inherent like um, yeah, uh, going back to the patriarchy again. Oh my gosh, like oh, the patriarchal nature of like both of like the Filipino community and the Catholic community. It's um, and you know, um, it's tough and it's tough. It's a, you know, it, those type of biases, especially like as a heterosexual male, like growing up and like having those biases for so long, like those are the type of biases that are like the hardest to undo, which kind of suck. But um, yeah, I, I kind of went on a tangent there, but I'm not even sure. No, that's great. You gave us, so you gave us a lot of, um, a lot of info to unpack there. Um, I'm really interested in like hearing maybe you were talking about like the pressure kind of put on you as a first generation um, student and how that like it, when you came to college, because like obviously I didn't know you before college, but um, do you feel like you were able to I don't know, like the word, like expand out of that or like kind of watch yourself, watch yourself shift um, when you were in college? Was it more like after college or what was kind of like that time when you kind of felt that? I think a lot of maybe the word is like differentiation from your family. And a lot of people like feel that when they go to college or they like move out or kind of do the first thing on their own. But I would imagine it's 
um, different for a first generation um, American with that differentiation being like even more scary almost because there is that pressure on you to like kind of keep one foot in both um, places. Yeah, um, I would say um, like some of the key moments for me. Um, so in high school, I kind of um, junior year of high school, I had um, so it was sort of like a climactic moment for my anxiety and uh, depression um, when it came to like specifically to like my performance anxiety because I like all of a sudden like for a multitude of reasons, different reasons, I started to like not perform well at school. And this was like, um, yeah, and because we have that sort I sort of have that, you know, pressure from just like general culture and like, you know, also like my family as well. Um, and also being like the oldest of my family. Um, uh, that like literally like being a performer and like, like performing well is like an inherent part of like what I perceive myself as like, like as part of my identity like I am like an like an A student like that's who I am like so like for something to happen where that is like against that identity I was like having like a huge identity crisis um you know uh, my family didn't understand what was happening with me as well um it was actually you know um because over time I started to develop a lot of like dysfunctional behaviors um to get myself to like perform every day. I was like a, like a, you know, a big, 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 big procrastinator. Like, and cause I, I, I would wait until like that climactic moment of like that um, adrenaline rush of like mm -hmm. finishing a project like before, like within like, like 24 hours of the due date um, to get myself to do things um, because you know, I, I kind of got tired of like, like having that identity and I didn't know it at the time, but it, it kind of got to the po to point where, um, yeah, I started experiencing a lot of like, that was the first year where I was really experiencing like anxiety attacks for the first time, um, where, you know, there were random moments of me, like, just like, just being upset and for, reasons that I couldn't figure out and the, the, the first moments where I started to reach out to um, to therapists and psychologists to like um, and trying to seek yeah healing modalities to be able to like yeah figure this out and then um, yeah and then it sort of came to a climactic point where I told my parents because I was I was seeing the, the therapist and the psychologist without my parents knowing then mm. I um, I saw then there was this one night where we were watching, we were watching a documentary about um, like these, it was kind of like those like, where are, where are they now type documentaries where they took like these like high performing kids and then see where they're at like after like a certain period of time and a lot and like, like sure enough, like they had a lot of the same like, um, um dysfunctionalities and addictions that I have as a person and then I like just started weeping and then I told them like mm. what was happening with me um and that was a big healing moment for me 
Um, and um, from then on, I was like, really like, okay, like um, my identity has like, and from that junior year up until now, um, just rediscovering like, who am I like as a person? Like, what is my identity? Um, and um, a lot of that like rediscovery of self is also like healing of like, um, like my past identity and the dysfunctionality and the pain and the, um, the trauma that has come with that. Um, and I find is like, I find that like, if I focus on healing, I figure out more about myself. That's kind of like, that's kind of been the main thing, especially for me lately. Um, can you speak to, um, a little bit of, you know, just in general, you don't have to give specifics of like, of that journey, you know, um, like Emily and I talk about our own personal journeys all the time. And like, at times that can be like a really lonely thing or it can be frustrating or, you know, when you find the right people, it is like half the battle of like finding healing. What are some, um, like outlets or people or communities or resources or modalities that you've found helpful in that time? Um, and this is just like, to do just to preface this, this is like my own personal experience. And I don't want to like necessarily like, um, like put down like certain, like other modalities that people like find beneficial. But I will say that like, I haven't always had the best, um, the best luck when it comes to like outsource, like trying to find a healer, um, whether it be like a therapist or like a spiritual director or whoever. Um, and I'm not sure why, because I've always been, and I, I've, you know, be I've been really reflected of, of why. And, and I'm like, oh, am I being just too, am I just being too picky? Am I like not opening up? Am I, um, what's it called? Am I like coming in with the premise that this person can't figure me out? Um, and I think maybe that's the case. I think, you know, and um, one thing that I've figured out over the years, I'm like, I'm really like, okay, being like a lone wolf and, um, you know, trying to figure it out on my own. Um, but um, the number one healing modality that I figured out that works for me is, is meditation. Um, and, um, I've kind of, and meditation is like, it's kind of buzzword nowadays. Like people are like, Oh, like, like, um, like just like find peace and like stuff like that. I don't really think about it. Your thoughts just float away. Yeah. That is my least favorite the clouds just watch this imagine your thoughts as clouds they're just passing by they don't they never just yeah, pass by really, like there are some really fluffy um <laughs> and there's you know not to put down like that modality if it works for you as well right. but like um there's a lot of like i think people get really confused as to what the purpose of meditation is yeah um because it's it's pretty vague and there's a lot of different versions of it and a lot of different um traditions of it as well um so tell us tell us what what your 
definition or like your version of what do you see it as? What does it do for you? Um, so number one, um, yeah, it's my number one tool for healing trauma. Um, so, um, so like, right. When we think about like, what is trauma or like, what is a traumatic moment? And like, what is, um, the nature of trauma? It's like, um, it's inherently like based in the past. Um, and this is something that like, I think you and I, Emily have talked about before that, like pretty much everything is it, your whole like identity and um, everything that you do is all based on your childhood trauma. Um, and yeah, right. Cause those are, those are the first moments. Like attachment for, and like that, those beginning years for sure. Yeah. Cause those are the first moments, right. Where you get, you, your, your, your internet, your natural, like primal instincts as a human being say, okay, like what just happened here? We want to avoid that at all costs. Like if there anything, if we experience anything that looks like that, we are going to shut you down. We are going to run. Uh, we're going to get you out of that situation. Right. So, um, but um, one thing that I've learned from, I learned this from um, this guy named Joe Dispenza. He's like kind of an, he's an epigenetics um, dude. He, um, he yeah, studies love like, him. yeah, he studies like, yeah, like connection between like, um, like mental health and genetics and like how you can, you can inherit, like you can, well, apparently there are, and it's a relatively new science. I think it like started in like the 1940s, but like basically more or less, and I'm paraphr I am like paraphrasing and I'm just someone that's, that's in, I'm not a thought expert what's, or a thought leader whatsoever, but um, there are certain, cause there's a lot of, you know, DNA is obviously hard coded, but there are other like, like cofactors that like people that you can inherit. Uh, like I could give my trauma to my kids, not just by giving them that trauma by like, you know, you know, sort of having dysfunctional um, behaviors that like puts that trauma onto them, but I, they can also in, like inherit, like and be inherit, like m some of the, the chemical things that happened to me, like over the course of my life, um, like, like day one just like or like at least be like have a like um what's it called um a like genetic um predisposition Redis yeah there we go that is the that's the word i was looking for thank you guys there you go <laughs> and this isn't to say that you know not all trauma is like inherently put on you because like your parents we're trying to hurt you most of the time. And yeah, so that's yeah. not the case. So what intergenerational trauma is suggesting is that when we don't process and work through the things that have been traumatic to us or have been hard or difficult in our own lives, it causes chemical like imbalances or like changes in our physiological body. And we pass those on to our children, whether we want to or not, um, which is why um, it, it's so important to be like, in this constant state of like working on yourself and healing yourself and, you know, uncovering the things of the past that maybe we have like put behind us because our body remembers them. 
And it actually like stress is a huge one. Like we, we can look at chronic stress as a trauma on the body. And so like, if you're living your whole life, you know, if someone grows up in poverty or abuse or neglect or just any sort of like extremely stressful environment, and um, let's say it's a woman, she gets pregnant, like her baby is being formed within that high stress, high cortisol body. And so that baby like is inheriting, um, I believe the word is like the telomeres of our DNA, like are, are affected by stress. And so like that baby's DNA is literally being formed by the, um, the stress hormones and like the DNA of that mom and then entering into the world. And it's like this really cool facet, maybe not cool, but like fascinating study of like, kind of like nature and nurture, because it's like the environment definitely affects obviously like the body. But then if you, if you have a a baby who's predisposed to all of those like stress hormones and environmental factors, and then grows up in that same high stress environment, like that is exactly kind of like the cycle that we see. Um, and a lot of people don't, I think it's shifting, but a lot of people are just kind of like, Oh, like that's how certain cities are. Like everyone gets sick and everyone's in poverty and everyone's committing crime. And it's like this shift to seeing it as, okay, these are generations of people experiencing high chronic stress and trauma. Okay. One more thing, because I just learned this the other day. Um, so there's a study on black women, um, black pregnant women, and when they give birth, and it's a well-known fact that the mortality rate for black mothers is like three times higher than a white mother. Um, and for the longest time, that fact was given or that fact was like explained by being like, oh, less access to healthcare, less access to education, like blah, 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 kind of putting it like on the people, um, on the, on the moms. And they did this study, um, on black African-Americans and black African. Um, so like women that came to America, but like grew up in, um, other countries. And the stress level of being a Black African-American woman was like through the roof in comparison to women who immigrated from other countries here. And so they're just now, like this information is just now coming to the mainstream that, oh, Black women are dying more because to live as a Black woman in America is such a highly stressful, like everyday chronic stress response that when you have to go through the hormonal matrix of pregnancy and birth. It just does not like work the way that it was designed to because they're living in a high stress environment all the time as a black woman. And like, I just think it's so, I really am like excited for this shift because it goes from, okay, there's something like you're not getting the access you need. You're in a neighborhood that you don't have what you need. Like putting it on them, kind of shifting it to be like, no, the environment is causing you to like be in this state that's actually killing you. Yeah, because like another thing that Joe Dispenza talks about is that it upregulates like those stressors, especially like the 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 longer the trauma or like that traumatic moment happens, because like the sort of like 
um, when you think about like maybe the key traumatic moments in your life, like when you're have when you're like, well, for me personally, like when I'm having an anxiety attack, all of those moments all at once come up for me. And it's the reason why is because right. it's the same circuitry, like, like neurological circuitry is happening for me. Like, um, and I can like, I can, I can go back to those moments, like while I'm having an anxiety attack and like, feel like I'm actually there, like mm-hmm. experiencing that past trauma. And it's because those same like things are firing and wiring. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, something that Joe Dispenza talks about is yeah, that up, like the longer that happens, the more that um, up, re- up regulates like the home hormones that like just cause like general disease. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and um yeah. So like when I, when I found out about this stuff, I'm like, okay, like I, this is like, this is like, not just like, and it's not just like mental health anymore. It's like literally your health. Like right. um, one thing <laughs> that Joe Defense, mm-hmm. he also talks about, so like our neo, I think it's our neocortex is large enough where it's like, you can, you can invoke feelings and emotions, um, and the hormonal response when it comes to the, having those moments just by thought alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. And it's literally like life or death for me. Like that's what, um, yeah. And I, I, I don't want to go into the, the details of like um, a specific moment where I'm like, okay, where I realize like, I need to really figure this out. Like I've been sort of casually doing it, kind of doing it for fun. Um, but um, actually a friend from high school um, uh, uh, passed away like my senior year. Um, like um, he actually committed suicide the day before he graduated. And um I knew him like kind of well, but like um, the reason why I just started thinking so much about him personally is because he literally had like the exact upbringing that I did. He was Filipino American. He would would talk a lot to me about how like, um, oh, like I need to like live up to um, the person that my dad was. he was from New Jersey. He like just had a lot of the same interests as me. And I'm like, I was literally like, that could, that could have been me if I, if I didn't get to, um, if I didn't have the opportunity to have some of the experiences that I did before I got to a, a point where, um, yeah, where until I, like before I got to the point where um, my friend was at, um, you know, that could have easily been me if I like, and I don't know it just sometimes it just it seems like it's so up to chance and I'm like I have to you know do what I can not just for myself but for the people that care about me um to try to um to heal which and you know there's um you're like as, as much as like it's you know also like you know you know I start to learn more about myself and like um healing as like a self-discovery tool it's also like it's literally like for me as someone that has grown up with a lot of anxiety and depression um it's like literally like life or death for me if i'm like if i'm not taking care of this then i'm 
putting myself at risk for like some serious stuff Mm -hmm. and you know like you were talking about Emily like if you're in a situation where you know you can't um as easily escape from those stressors or that trauma um you know and then when you put in the generational thing it's just like whoa like um but for me like this is like everything like the healing um and, and like because it pretty much has to be or else I'm gonna just be a dysfunctional human being right well and you said earlier like focusing on the healing kind of helps you unpack some of the the past and I really like that you said that because I think this can this information can be so overwhelming because so many of us um grew up in stressful environments or maybe when we were like thinking about like when we were in the womb or like what our parents experienced or ancestors. Um, but I think that it's really a testament to the wisdom of the body and being a human that like as much, as much as your body can be severely affected negatively by all those things, there's also the power to heal. And we talk about that all the time. Like you have just as much power to like reverse those things and take control and put your energy towards like healing your future lineage. And like, we talk about cycle breaking a lot and how that's not just like, oh, I'm going to do, I'm going to like raise my kids in a different way than my parents. It's like this, like you're saying, like life or death, like lifestyle change, breaking like bondage is kind of how I think of it. Like it's this really intense experience of um, breaking lifelong patterns that are literally like embedded in your cells in your DNA. So I really like that you are focused on like that healing piece because that can be really overwhelming to just focus on like, wow, all the trauma that like my lineage has been through or like everything that I've been through, it can get you, I think almost in a state of like paralysis maybe too. I'm just like, where do I go from here? And like, how the heck do I stop? this from happening again. Yeah. And this notion of healing, I think is also kind of a buzzword these days of like in this trap of, you can get so caught up in healing and like the process of like, Oh, like what, what new thing can I, what new self-care practice can I add? What new biohacking method can I add? Like what new like food, superfoods, all these things. And it gets to be even like a stressful in and of itself. Cause you're like, Oh, there's just always more to do to like optimize like my life. And at some point you kind of have to like set all that aside and like actually live your life. Um, and, but I think, you know, healing is such an important part of the journey, but doing it in a way that the healing that you're doing is sustainable um, so that you don't fall back into those patterns that got you into a place or into those environments or relationships where you fall into needing to heal from them. Um, and so it sounds like, like meditation for you has been huge for that of like bringing you like relief in the moment, but then also an opportunity to like process the things that brought you to this point and a tool to have like in your pocket in the future, if that ever like arises again. Yeah. Um, because, um, and this is, I totally even like forgot to get to the, the, the connection to the meditation, but like, um, so the meditate or at least the way that I kind of think about meditation is that, um, and there's a lot of, well, there's a lot of different meditations that I use. Um, but um, 
and this this is why like it's been my big focus to like make sure that I do it daily and that this is a long-term habit because in order for you to undo long-term trauma you have to like create these like un you have to like rewire um you have to rewire your brain like over the long term like it's not just like a one day fix like you're not just going to go on a a spiritual retreat for a weekend and heal all the trauma in your life like it has to be a daily practice. It has you have to heal every day. The tea, and it or, be- the or tea you, right there. Well, or you think you did, and then you like get back from the retreat, and you're like, oh. Or you yeah, think you did, it and you've actually caused more trauma for those around. <laughs> well, there's there's definitely value in it too, right? Because you know, and that's sort of like um, the reason why like Tony Robbins is a thing, or like people like Tony Robbins is a yeah. thing, where you, you know, you because or the the reason why it can work for some people is because you can create like you can create like whatever the like a, a whatever the opposite of a traumatic traumatic moment is for yourself like a very strong like redemptive emotional, yeah. redemptive moment for yourself where it's almost like an anti-trauma yeah. moment for yourself um that you can like really quickly and then that like that can like in a positive way the same way that you know trauma can like continue to rewire fire and wire the same like negative um um things that you know create stress and stuff you can also fire and wire to create you know positive you know i'm um, gonna you know i'm gonna liken that to birth because that's what birth is designed to be birth is designed to be like the ultimate like hormone healing exposure therapy of your life and like unfortunately it's been ambushed but yeah I totally believe that that there can be those like redemptive moments that affect you chemically like in a positive way totally and I know from um like studies on post-traumatic stress disorder um like if if you just like have a like bad memory or you like remember um, something that was like uncomfortable or like upsetting um, that like lights up in the part of your brain that remembers like long-term like memory. But for people who have post-traumatic stress disorder, disorder when you have like a moment that like triggers you back to that place, it lights up in the part of your brain that like receives present like interactions or experiences. So, you know, with PTSD, it's, reliving a moment a traumatic moment as if you're reliving or you're living it for the first time and to constantly be like living in that state of like experiencing and re-experiencing trauma with the potency of experiencing it in the time and space that you are like repeatedly um can do like so much damage on like your nervous system and like your brain and just everything and so yeah I think what you're saying Gabe is so important of like, how do we find healing and find rest and find modalities that are helpful to us so that we don't have to keep experiencing the traumatic things that may have happened like years and years ago that we don't even maybe remember. And I think birth is also one of those, you know, however you come into the world um, is like going to be how you re-experience things that are like traumatic later on in life or things like that. So um, yeah, how do we like find actual sustainable healing and redemptive healing from things so they don't have to keep plaguing us? 
Yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to say about meditation? I don't know if we kept, you know, we obviously kept popping in. With oh the... yeah. No, yeah. With the, you know, healing trauma and stuff like that. It's important <laughs> to like have that context. Yeah. Um, because like you said, like it can be like overwhelming and like a daunting task to heal your childhood trauma that you've had for your entire for life. Sure. Um, but I think because yeah, like you were talking about Keely, um, like getting so caught up in the self-help and you don't actually kind of like actually like do the things in the present moment to like help yourself and being caught up in like, oh, like what are the, all the modalities that I can use right now? Like, and just, um, yeah. Cause quickly I can, I find myself like, as soon as I'm like, oh, like, let me get to the healing. I find myself like, um, cause there's this, there's also like an, like an addiction or like a romanticization of like, um, of the trauma of, and like, um, like, um, or an addiction to like having a, like an overwhelming sensory response to everything constantly. Like, and I still find myself doing this like during work, like I have to have like something on YouTube running or I have to like have a million things happening all at once. Like yeah. if there, if I'm only focused on one thing, then I like, I'm like, wait, like why I need to do something. I need to be doing, as soon as I'm doing something, I need to be doing something else. I need mm -hmm. to do something else. And like, um, and that's kind of the power of meditation. And that's the, if I'm having a, a, a day where I'm not feeling focused or um, um, or productive or I'm like, oh, like I am, or, or mostly, or at its deepest level, the, a, I am like falling prey to the tendency for that to uh, like fall to my addictions to trauma and like those like dysfunctional behaviors. It's usually because I didn't meditate that morning. Wow. Um, and it, ha it has to happen like first thing in the morning before you get all the input from the day and all the input from um, technology and, you know, Instagram or whatever. Um, because, and, because I've tried, you know, you try to meditate like an hour after you've waken up and you've, you've watched like a, like a 30 minute YouTube video um, and scrolled through Instagram. Like um, it's, and it, you know, not, not to say that it wouldn't work, but like, that is when it's at its most potent where you're you're really like a blank slate um and um you'll kind of get this feeling that the day is slower like even if you do go back to those like dysfunctional behaviors later on in the day they'll happen slower like i find that if i meditate in the morning like i watch more youtube videos or it feels like that every day or like uh or this like the day kind of goes slower and like you're able to be in the present moment because that's sort of the nature of if if I can say that that trauma its inherent nature is in the past pre like meditation is its inherent nature like is being in the present moment I think like like at its most basic like meditation is like let me um focus on like all of my uh, my senses my five senses and um, my feelings and just be really pre really like, as present as I can be in this particular moment in time um, and another meditation that I'm really 
a big fan of also is um, this meditation called metta uh, meditation. I think it's like, it, it comes from like um, Buddhist tradition where essentially um, there's sort of this like outward expansion of love towards um, the whole, like your whole universe. So like you start out, um, um, saying to yourself, like, may I be loved, may I be cared for, may I be respected, um, may I be loved. Um, and then, then you move outward and you say, think about someone that you care about very deeply and think about them and say like, may they be loved, may they be happy, may they be peaceful, may they, may they, be, may they be loved. And like moving that love outward to them, like that same love that you created for yourself and move it outward to them um and then going to then then you move on to okay let me think about someone that you just kind of see on a daily basis you don't know very well like someone that is like pretty neutral to you um and you um yeah you do the sort of the same thing may they be loved may they be peaceful may they be happy um and then um and then you move on to someone that you don't like or someone that you you really like are having difficult or like you have a dysfunctional relationship with um and someone that's someone that's causing you trauma and you think you and that's why i don't necessarily recommend all modalities of meditation to everyone if they're not ready for it because that can meditation can also bring up trauma like i remember when i and quick side story of like when i started meditating is um there was um i was taking a like um like an Eastern religions class. And one of the, a, you had to participate in like a, also like a side, like weekly thing. And one of the options was meditation. And so, um, yeah, I meditated for a semester. I like meditated weekly. And this is like Zen Buddha, Buddhism, like traditional meditation where it's just absolute silence. Like you're not listening to like a, fluffy like guided meditation that's like yeah think about the clouds and like peaceful like it's absolute you have to sit like completely still in a like a very uncomfortable pose like um especially because i'm not that's that flexible um for like a very long period of time and you um and you know at first you're like you you get really focused like on like oh my god like i'm twitching i'm twitching like um I am not comfortable in this position and you just kind of like are really focused on the body but then once you figure out the body or you get to a place where the body's figured out enough then you're just yourself you and your monkey mind like I like one of the like I had I literally had during one meditation I literally had an anxiety attack during the meditation mm. and it's because like there's like there's no wall because like um yeah, especially for those of us who like experience like um, depression and anxiety, we have like sort of our go-to like things that we're gonna do to avoid it. Um, but in this case, it's just me and my lucky mind. Like I'm like I can't move from this space, and now I'm having I'm literally having an anxiety attack. But then, but then I came away from that that meditation being like, you know what, like. Um, it's at least, you know, it's, it was actually like a really huge healing moment for me because I was like, 
if I can, you know, have a conversation with like this, you know, anxious part of myself in a way where I get to decide and it's on my terms, then all of a sudden I, you know, what, the next time I have an anxiety, like anxiety attack where it's, you know, I don't know what the, what the, the stimuli that like created this moment for me or brought up those, those feelings for me. Yeah. Basically where, where it's like, I don't really know what's happening. I've had a conversation with this like anxious part of myself and I'm like, we're cool. I don't, I'm not denying you of, as you, as you also, because, you know, there's um, some of the most like just functional behavior that I've had with, with my anxiety is like denying it as a part of my identity. And I, I don't think that I've, I've found that to be like particularly useful or healing. And if anything, like it actually like creates like a cyclical thing where it's like you never really get anywhere. But if you're, you know, you're friends with it or you're, you're, you, you're addressing it because a lot, you know, what, what really is an anxiety attack? It's like your body saying like, oh, no, 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 no. We need to run. We need to run because like, it's like the bring up the, the same flight or fight response um, that you had during that traumatic moment. And it's trying to tell you something. And if you deny it or you don't listen to it, it'll just get louder. Um, and that's just kind of like, that actually makes complete, when you think about it, that actually makes complete sense because it's like, why aren't you running? Why aren't you running right now? Like you need to run. Um, and if you deny it, and if you like don't listen to it, then you're just, yeah, it's just gonna get louder. And then, you know, the next time that happens, it'll be even louder or it'll start at that volume. Mm. that it was the last time because I need to be at this volume for this per for for Gabe to hear me and to act upon the th the like the 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 stressors that I'm seeing in his environment um so oh man I'm, um you're kind of talking but, about like noticing it and like noticing that part of yourself right yeah so when it comes to meditation um you know if you've practiced so I've almost thought about it and I don't do this all the time because it's, 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 it's not really, it wouldn't be good. Um, but um, every so often I'll, I'll do that kind of meditation where I like, um, where it's more like complete silence and like, there's a potential not, I don't want to invoke just like all of a sudden invokes like a trauma, like a traumatic moment or like anxiety, but like, where it's a complete silence, there's a possibility for me to see this, that, that part of my, to like interact with that part of myself. Um, but when I do get the opportunity to, and oh, sorry, going back to that other meditation I was talking about with the three, the three, the expanding of love, you can also do, there's a version of that where you can also do that for yourself. So you start out like um, thinking about a part of yourself that you really love, like all of the the things that um, like you like about yourself. And then you then, um, or I think about it as another person. So I think about it as like, oh, like the, the Gabe that's really bubbly and Gabe that is like really friendly with everybody. But then I move to a more neutral Gabe. And it's generally for me, I generally bring up like baby Gabe. That's when I, uh, when I get to that part of the meditation, I bring up baby Gabe. I'm like, I don't really know you dude, but like, you are loved, you are happy, you're at peace. It's right, it's like such a beautiful thing, right? And I get to, um, uh, it's, it's such a healing moment. Like even because I'm like, I don't really know baby Gabe, but 
I know that in general, like um, the things that you you're experiencing right now as a, as a child, like they're not your fault. And like to just like, and I attempt to like, where this is my attempt to like have this moment like every day. And, um, and then you move on to the things that you don't like, like, um, yeah, the, the game that is like, has all these addictions and um, is like an, um, a procrastinator and um, someone that is um, very arrogant and someone that is um, like, has like such a big ego and you know, I say to that, that game, and I think about it almost as another person, like, may you be loved, may you be happy, may you be peaceful, may, may you be loved. I think I'm repeating love. There's one other word. I'm trying to remember what it was, but yeah, that is like, yeah. And that's called meta meditation and the sort of like expanding the expand, that expansion of love. That's like, probably like my favorite meditation, just cause it's, it's, well, when I, especially when I like explain it to people and I think about it it's like such a beautiful thing especially when you do the version where like you're thinking when you do it for your the different parts of yourself um and yeah when I found out about that meditation I'm like that's it for me like that is the healing thing that I need like every day wow um, I love that Beautiful, so wise. There's been so much wisdom brought up in this conversation. It's very clear that like you're tapping into the wisdom that is like in your body and like kind of this concept that you talked about, like shutting out a lot of the noise or like a lot of the versions of yourself that keep popping up. And you mentioned the monkey mind and like connecting with that part of you that is just like core and stable and like, you know, that's always there, like under the surface. Um, yeah, it's, it's clear that there's like wisdom there. Um, and I don't know if you consider that your intuition, but that's kind of like how we talk about intuition on the podcast. Like this part of you that is just like all knowing that know that, that trusts yourself above everything else and like that always knows what's best um so for you do you consider that your intuition um yeah yeah that's like okay. really it's really another word for it it's really like um if you don't listen to your just to your your intuition it's gonna be it's not gonna like you um and if you if you do listen to it then become friends with it it'll lead you to like your your fullest and your most powerful self Mm. Um, yeah that's an interesting take of the like befriending your intuition do you I guess like a inverse of that is like what are signs for you when you're not doing that like how does your intuition like fight back um it's usually like it comes up usually like as an anxiety attack like um which is um or 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 I'm just like, wow, I just like, am literally just like, whatever I'm doing, whether I'm like at work, like I'm just staring at my screen and just doing absolutely nothing. Like dissociating. Or, mm -hmm. or just like, it's generally like, 
I all all of my dysfunctional tendencies and addictions come up as like, oh, I really want to do these things right now. That's usually why. That's usually kind of what happens when I don't listen to my intuition saying like, you need to have a healing. You didn't meditate this morning. Like you you didn't listen to what Dave's intuition is like a strict like dad. You didn't leave your meditation this morning. <laughs> I feel like it's yeah. like Siri when I like don't follow like the maps directions and then it just like starts getting impatient and being like turn left turn left yeah and that's also another thing that is also like it's very um like that kind of version of like conquering your intuition and like being like I am in control here not you um it's super masculine it's super like um yeah, it's super, and that's, you know, like, growing up in, a, like, a pretty, like, patriarchal culture where that's sort of, like, the, that's sort of the modality of, like, I, I don't know, uh, well, whatever, it's not healing, but whatever it is, like, conquering the mind, like, right. um, yeah, it doesn't work, it doesn't work, <laughs> I don't think it works, <laughs> um, but, you know, if you listen to your intuition and say, like, hey, like, um, you're having a bad day, like, um, like, what's going on? Like, and then it'll let, it'll let you know, man. It'll let you know, like, like, it's literally you. It's, and if you don't acknowledge, as long as it, you know, it's acknowledged and loved and, like, um, and cared for, then, like, you know, it, it'll, it'll, like, lead you to, like, everything that you're searching for. Um, but if you don't listen to it, it'll be like, hey, 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 right. hey, and it'll get louder. And then you'll be like, like, why, why am I having an anxiety attack right now? Or like, why am I feeling so stressed? Or like, why um, have I had back pain for 30 years? Why have I had mm-hmm. headaches every day for the past three months? Like, that's also how it comes up for people and how beautiful mm-hmm. the concept of like, listening to yourself and honoring yourself and befriending yourself could heal so much of like what we see as normal with all of these chronic stressors and chronic pain and dysfunctions as you said and addictions like and it's not just I'm saying I'm being like facetious and saying that it's like no just listen to yourself that's the hardest thing that's the journey that that you're talking about and so um yeah I love that image and that perspective yeah, another another meditation. It's not exactly a meditation because this is like a practice that um, he's actually like a he's actually like a hypnotist that he kind of um, and he uses hypnot like hypnosis. Like there's like a whole like romanticization of like hypnosis, but like he kind of uses it as like a healing modality. Um, and one of the things that he does like and he recommends this like if you're like having a hard time sleeping as like sort of like a a mind jujitsu move where it uses your your intuition's energy against itself if it's well if it's like coming up as like if like the more like dysfunctional parts of it are coming up um you sort of have like a round table with everything Mm -hmm. that you're concerned about and it's kind of like it's very much like um what is that disney movie with like the different colored inside out yeah, it's it's kind of like inside out. So you have a round table with all like your your angry self and your like yeah. um 
and you say, okay, everybody, who's got something to say? Mm-hmm. And then you're the person, the part of yourself that's bothering you all day will be like, I have something to say. Like, okay, what lesson do you have for me today? And then you, you know, and like how much, also how much time do you need to like explain all of this? And, you know, they might say five minutes, they might say like an hour and then they say, okay, we're not going to get all of this out tonight. And I'm like, okay, that's You need cool. boundaries so like, here. Yeah. And so like you, um, or well, in this guy, or well, in the hypno, like um, the hypnotist case, like he's kind of using this as a modality to like help you get to sleep. Eventually, you like you've addressed all of their concerns to the point where you can fall asleep. But um, wow, I also think about that. That, that is another like, version of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna need all night to talk. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it does, but then you know you'll be able to fall asleep better the next night or like. True. Something like that. That's why you know. That's why it is a. It has to be like a daily thing or like a constant thing that you're thinking about. Like, how am I going to heal today? Um, because if not, then you know. Because it, it yeah, it's going to take. It takes more than a day. It takes like yeah, for sure. Honestly, the rest of our lives. So. Truly, Kiwi, <laughs> we've been like. I know. <laughs> um. Gabe, word on the street is you've also been uh, delving into another uh, modality, I guess, of like movement of sorts. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. That didn't even come up yet. Um, yeah. So, um, so um, I'm, I'm really into this guy and he may or may not be a, um, he may or may not be a cult leader. Um, <laughs> or I don't know. He kind of has like a weird following where that that's like kind of culty. Like, Us, hmm, I, you know. I gotta I gotta take this. You know, just in just in general, you know, with all modalities, like they all have their strengths and weaknesses, and you have to like kind of come in with the context, like okay, like this guy might not be one hundred percent right, but I like a lot of the stuff that he's saying. Right, right, right. Um, this guy using your intuition Eagle. to discern what will serve you and what won't. Exactly. Exactly. It, literally that um so yeah his name is ito portal so he um so um, gabe is not affiliated with this guy if it comes out that he's hashtag not leader. sponsored so, yeah 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 and um i like some of the stuff that he says not necessarily all of it but um yeah he's he's very much into okay how do i tap into um because his sort of worldview is that humans are like the most the reason why we're at the top of the food chain is um, not because we have like the biggest or sharpest teeth or like we're the like largest and fastest, but we are the most complex movers. Mm. Um, so we're able to like, um, you know, move like a lot of different animals. But because of, you know, we're living in 2021 um, and we have things called chairs and we have, um, we're Jobs. not really in... Yeah, we have jobs. We have. We're basically not in situations that um, we're in these weird situations that don't like. um, They don't really um, involve the body um, in ways that it's supposed to, and we've actually we've lost a lot of that ability to move in the ways that made us like the most powerful species like on the planet Earth. Um, and yeah, just getting in touch with a lot of primal movement 
a lot of like um, one thing that he kind of talks about. That's why he kind of talks about movement as like a general movement and like um, he doesn't like kind of stick to a like particularly modality of movement. Like, um, because the one thing that he talks about is that like every modality of movement like has a cost and creates like this function if you only, you know, um, focus on that one modality. Like for example, like, um, you know, growing up, like I played a lot of basketball <laughs> And because of that, um, especially because there's certain things that you're being asked to do in basketball or like, um, like I had this, like when I was 14, I had this big fixation on like, um, because I hit my growth spurt early. Uh, like I've been this height since I've been like 13. So I played center and I was like, oh my God, like everyone was to Gabe. I was like, how does it feel like to be the next Yao Ming? And I'm like, it feels amazing. Um, so I'm like, so basically I played a lot of basketball and like basketball, I love basketball. That's actually like, um, yeah, I've always, I, I love basketball, but um, yeah, going back to the movement thing, it's created a lot of dysfunction in my body, um, including because I, at 14, I'm like, oh my God, like I'm going to be six feet tall. So I guess I, I, I kind of want to, you know, strengthen my legs so I can dunk once I'm six feet tall. And so I did a, like so many calf raises. So I have, I actually have overdeveloped calves. It's actually like, um, no, it's so actually, many calf raises. Uh, yeah, I did. I literally did so many calf raises. Oh my God. And um, yeah, I actually have a lot of like, what's like the average amount. And then like, how much did you do? Yeah. Like ballpark I was, percentage. I was like 13. I was 13 at the time. I did like from maybe, dawn like, till like, dusk. Gabe's just calf like, raises. I did. Did I did like 100 to 150 calf raises with like some pretty like heavy weights like every day, and like I did a lot of plyometrics like that kind of stuff. Gabe, I'm like, in oh, awe like, I of your like self discipline. Um, well, I'm talking about it. I, it's not an everyday thing. Keep in mind, before I also talked about myself as a um, big procrastinator, so I'm not always the most productive person. Um, but I think about it. I, that's why I like, I try to like make up for it by like thinking about this stuff all the time and like trying to, yeah, find the hacks that are going to get me to the point where I can, um, yeah, be productive enough for me to be like, um, okay with myself and to do the things that I really want to do. Um, but yeah, going back to the movement thing, a lot of, dysfunction comes from like the same like because I've done like the same couple of movements for like for years of playing basketball and that's created a lot of dysfunction in my body um because there's certain things that I'm doing but also certain things that I'm not doing and um so yeah I've tried to make like big investments in um yeah, at least trying to, un yeah, heal some of that dysfunction for myself. Obviously, like I'm a, I'm very much, I'm a, you know, I'm a, you know, in a job right now where that's very much like nine to five, like cubicle style, like I'm at my desk a lot. Um, but there are some ways uh, for me to like get some um, mobility in. Um, one thing that, um, 
a lot of the mobility people that I follow. Yeah, Ido Portal is one of them. Another guy is um, Kelly Starrett. He's a little bit more practical. Um, and he comes from it as like, he's a CrossFit guy. So he comes a little bit more from like the fitness space. And then there's also, oh, there's also a, um, a woman named Jill Miller. She's kind of like the girl counterpart to him. She actually does a lot of stuff with a lot of prenatal stuff, um, hmm. which is really cool. She does a lot of like, um, like soft tissue work with like the pelvic floor and like um, um, basically like a lot of healing okay. during like, um, yeah, a lot of healing like during pregnancy and like trying to like, um, cause um, I think Yoga it, it just seems up. like the norm for- Is she tune up fitness? fitness um i forget what the, looks like her Jill I, I forget what the yeah i forget forget what the prenatal stuff specifically that she does is but public um, or crossfit sounds like an adventure yeah so yeah so she does a little um a little bit of that i'll yeah i, I totally forgot that was something that i wanted to bring up during this conversation because that um seems very relevant to the stuff that you do emily um yeah but again i'm forgetting what the initial question was but <laughs> basically uh, if you want to join gabe's cult um you can you're gonna have to do some is it like animalistic movements or movements that yeah um specific animals do um he definitely like he definitely incorporates that like it's very much like i think like his his I don't, I don't know if it's his YouTube channel or, and, uh, or like, um, his, I don't know, his movement, like it's, it's very much like he called, like he uses the word primal a lot, but he also he uses that. other like regular modalities, like, um, um, like he's a, he's a capoeira, he come he's a, he's a, he comes from like capoeira, which is like a, like a Brazilian martial art, um, He's also, he's, I think people would know him. Like people usually come across him because he's, um, he's also like one of Conor McGregor's trainers. Hmm. Um, oh, Keely, <laughs> Keely, you into that? The, the pro wrestling world or boxing. <laughs> what is he? He's a UFC? mixed martial artist. Yeah, MMA. One of those. MMA. <laughs> yeah. One of the acronyms. Our, our new audience. <laughs> yeah, we've had yeah. a lot of uh, that recently really (laughs) 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 wow Um, that's really cool i love that yeah yeah. i've been doing some like uh different modalities of like body work and stuff and so many of the like stretches or like workout things are centered around like specific animalistic movements like one of the ones that i do every time now is like called the dead bug and my trainer will be like, yeah, this one's great. And I'm like, I mean, I feel it. Dead bugs <laughs> must have killer ab muscles because I'm feeling it. Right. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, or he also brings in other modalities, but he also does the the more like primal stuff where, um, yeah, a lot of like, like bear crawl type things. He does, there's a, like a different, there's a particular sequence where you like walk like a different animal, like a different like, animal um wow um and yeah but like the number one healing 
practice that I've come across, like if I like had to pick only one thing to do every day would be like sitting in a full squat. Um, not like a traditional, like 90 degree squat, but like, like just, um, and I'm, I'm realizing that this is not a vidcast. This is a podcast. So no, we do, we, we do exactly have, um, we have our YouTube component. This will be on YouTube. Wait, YouTube exclusive. This is going to be on YouTube in season two? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. You guys didn't tell me that? Yes, we did. Gabe, it was in our email. It was in the email? Yeah, do oh. your squat. Come on, let's see it. Okay. So, okay. My room's pretty messy right now, but I'll do it on my chair. Okay. So it's like oh. a full, like a full, like actual squat like this, um, where like, because um, um, what's it called? Um, one thing about regular sitting is that um, your butt, right, your butt or your 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 glutes or whatever. I don't want to be too graphic here. They're not. It's not really <laughs> supposed to be. It's really not supposed to be a like. Um, you're really not supposed to be using it as a resting thing. Like it's actually mm. like supposed to be used. Like it's a muscle, so it's like you're not really supposed to um, sit on it. It's something that they call like grilled cheese butt or something like that um who is they well because well because <laughs> you're, cult you're... <laughs> no, no no sorry alleged cult the, leader uh, another another guy um, named kelly starrett but basically like um and because you're you're this huge muscle like um on your body is like not working the way that's supposed to it creates other dysfunction like down the chain like especially like in your hips that's that that is the number one reason people have lower back pain is because mm -hmm. they have grilled cheese butt um <laughs> like well because it's not yeah your butt's not really supposed to be um that inactive so yeah so squatting is like i think there's like this thing called like the 10 minute squat test where you sit in a full squat for like just 10 minutes and then you just listen to your body for that 10 minutes and and then you can see, okay, like the, here are all different parts of like the lower chain that are, that have a little bit of dysfunction or are not used to like, um, because like that, that full squat is like, you know, you know, before chairs were a thing, like, like the cavemen, like were able to, you know, sit in this full squat. This is a resting position for a human being. This mm -hmm. should be but it's not, it's a, um, and it's because we have all of this, you know, this dysfunction. Um, but another thing, another um, thing to fix um, grilled cheese butt is also um, this guy. This is one of my, my favorite things that I have, um, this foam roller. Um, so basically what you can do is you can sit on it and, um, you usually do just like one, one, I don't want to get too graphic here. But Gabe, we, we talk one, about birth, cheek. we talk about periods, we can oh, talk true. about okay. butts. Just kidding. All right. All right. Perfect. Yeah, we can talk butts. about butts. Yeah. So you can, so you, you, you do one cheek at a time and you roll it and you, you, you find like, okay, here are all the positions that I'm experiencing like pain. Yeah. Um, or like if you're if like there's like some what's it called um, if there's like 
uh, yeah, some like if you're in a position where that's uncomfortable, you can kind of sit in that spot for like a little bit and you just kind of roll it out and then all hmm. and then then you move on to the other cheek and then you do the same thing. And then all of a sudden, like if you do that, especially for you know, those of the listeners at home that like are sitting a lot like during the day, if you do this, like um maybe like just like once or twice a day, all of a sudden like um like when I started doing this, I only started this was like a, a very recent revelation that I found from one of my one of my cult guys. Just kidding. He's not, it's really not a cult. It's not the cult. The, only the one guy is the cult leader. The other guy is a, is a CrossFit guy. But um, all of a sudden I'm like, I had so, so much less, um, so much less, oh my God. Um, okay. Much less back pain, like lower back, lower back pain specifically. So the grilled um, cheese butt turns from a grilled cheese to a... Um, I don't know. I think the the I think the reason why he uses the like kind a of grilled peach? cheese butt is I feel like no I feel like like a like yeah. a steak because it goes back to like being like hmm. like a muscle like a juicy muscle instead of just something that like you flatten and is soft hmm. and soggy. Okay, I like that. Yeah, we could. I guess we could go with that. I don't think he he had the he didn't fully build out that metaphor, but. Um. <laughs> well that's what um. we're here to do here on the fifth element pod is <laughs> fulfill metaphors um no but i think the squatting thing does make so much sense because if you know you squat down and it's uncomfortable it probably means your hips are tight and so to do these other modalities of like releasing um tension or you know stiff muscles and things like that so as to be able to squat and then you were saying that that has been the single most like effective thing for you in the hips energetically is where we hold on to trauma um Mm -hmm. and so to release the hips is to actively believe be releasing that stagnant traumatic energy in the body and so i feel like yeah the more like that's a really good tool for measuring too like the work that you're doing is like okay if you're squatting every day and it's getting easier and it's getting easier and you're able to like hold that pose longer and longer like what a sure sign that like you're doing some good work yeah absolutely hips the hips and the shoulders because those are the sort of the things that are like connected to everything down the chain because normally like if there's this function like in like let's say you have yeah lower back pain is probably the i think the most familiar for everybody um it's generally because like something else down the chain isn't working right, especially, and that starts from the ground up. So if you have like feet dysfunction, it can affect everything up to your, like your upper body. Um, oh, don't even get yeah, me started because, on shoes. Yeah, <laughs> which are basically like the chairs for feet version of. Right. Yeah. I knew um, this woman who she started doing toe stretching and releasing her feet from the bondage of shoes. And she grew yeah. two inches because it's literally started realigning her body, like her hips, her pelvis, her rib cage. Like she literally grew two inches. And I was like, the dude, way I do, I do, I do. are keeping me small. Things. I do toe things, dude. So I, I take, so, <laughs> and I'm very happy that you said that this is a visual, this is a vidcast now. So I take a hair tie, right? Um, and nice. I essentially just use it as a, like, um, as a resistance band and I do each <gasps> toe. Yeah. Holy what a shit. hack. 
yeah super hack that's something i made like um um the some of the guys that are mobility guys that i listen to talk about like feet things but that's something that i made up that's uh yeah who, you don't need a original. cult gabe because you are a leader <laughs> a cult leader yourself you got your toe resistant oh cult leader worship leader i can't believe that this is, he does this it is all. the thing that's stuck during this episode <laughs> <laughs> we latch on to things really easily <laughs> no so oh much goodness. has so much has stuck not True. our not our generational trauma though not in our cells because hey. now we are equipped with two incredible tools to learn to use today meditation especially meta meditation and movement especially primal movement so this has been literally amazing thank you so much so helpful yes. um Gabe, where can people, um, I mean, uh, we'll include all of these different uh, names of people and accounts and resources and things so people can do some of their own research. But if um, mm. anybody wants to chat with you more about this, like, is, or do you have anything you want to plug or can people contact you? Yeah, man, just DM me on Instagram, I guess. I don't know. I don't have, I've, I, I, I would say the majority of, I'm trying to think. So the majority of, I think the people that I've come across that have like really like um like offered me like a new modality for healing whether that's physical or or mental usually I listen a lot to I'm a big Tim Ferriss guy a lot of the um the people that um I follow like in terms of like meditation like Tara Brock is like a huge person for me um and she like I found out about her through um interview that she did with um tim ferris so i don't know it's a lot of people like in the general like self-help space but it's kind of hard to parse through like what's good and what's bad so just like dm me i'll let you know like what the good stuff is um yeah Great. i guess they'll like post on the fifth element yeah um graham like my credentials so yeah i, I love like having conversations like this and i don't you know, as someone that just like is living at home by himself, I, and especially, you know, during this period of isolation, I don't really get the chance to like always talk about this stuff with people or sometimes it, it's not, it doesn't always come up in conversation. Like, mm -hmm. you're oh, not like, like, hey, what new, like, what new how's your, modalities are you using? How's right your now? grilled cheese butt doing today? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Raise so, his hand on the, I do get the com company Zoom call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely doesn't come up during work at all. But, um is grade school crush yeah. still lurking on the internet anywhere okay, that people I could find that is found nowhere. gabe gabe <laughs> gabe i'm not happy that it's nowhere no 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 it's oh, somewhere the plot thickens i downloaded soundcloud okay it's on soundcloud <laughs> is it on my soundcloud i thought i took no, it down not yours you're okay has a soundcloud and the one song is crazy about you, parentheses, grade school crush. It has 19 oh, plays, but by the time when this episode <laughs> comes out, it will be viral. When, so, what? Who made that, Steve? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> I found it the other day and I was like, hold on. So, yeah. I wonder if that's, is that the recording from Palooza or is that from the, the Battle no. of the Bands that we won in order to perform or to open for TV? I'm 
I think or it's... at um, Zen West Cantina. Post this is our TV. profile picture. Oh, cute. Um, I think it's like your. I think it was like your a project or something because it's it's just you. <laughs> I think what. Okay. Yeah, weren't you in some music recording class or something? Yeah, I think that was it. Should we give the listeners a? I, I was. Yeah, give them I a little taste. This sounds out. Okay. Let's get to the rap because I found it. The other day. All right, we're cutting this part. Of, we're cutting this part of the episode. Right? No, we're not. <laughs> oh, this is from. I love this song. I just think I'm crazy about you. Your face! Oh wait. What? Oh wait. We 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 recorded. The, we were didn't we record the songs for? Here comes um, the rap. Somebody. Oh my God! Please. Hold on. Okay. 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 T-Pain that okay that that Shaquille O'Neal line was that Shaquille O'Neal line was in the original version that is something that was there from that was a one of the very first songs that I, well the first song that I ever wrote but one of the very first lines that I ever wrote my love for you is huge Shaquille O'Neal like damn if that's not that'll like be with me probably for the rest house, of my life but. like <laughs> I'm not getting married Okay, but I think we recorded that for we recorded that for somebody's project. Yeah, I think, I think that's might, that might be it. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway, so there you go. Everyone got a oh sneak sneak preview of the new viral hit um, by You're Okay, but uh... please, please no, please not viral. <laughs> Thank you, Gabe. This has been so great. Yes, we love you, Gabe. Expectations for your episode. Yeah, thank you guys. I've been waiting for this. It's always like fun to talk about, like even like offline, like not in a podcast setting. It's always like you two are like, um, like my relationship with both of you in college. The reason why like I started to open myself up to like all of these different modalities. Like Emily, you were the first person that had like a like natural. Doc, like you, you were talking about your appointment to like a natural doctor. I'm like, wait, what? This is she's a little different. <laughs> and <laughs> no, but the, okay, this is at the time before I had like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. when I had like I think like stronger biases. Mm. And for some reason, uh, Keely, I associate you with the microbiome. That is like the one particular oh. thing that I. Wow. Like, thank you like you you were drinking you were drinking um kombucha and then you brought it up like in campus men you just like you, you're like microbiome like i have no idea what she's talking about <laughs> but now it's like everything to me or like not everything but like I, I i can see how that's connected to everything that we literally just talked about wow putting that on my resume thank yeah, you right. all right we will talk to you next week everybody Thanks again.